Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to start the book of First Chronicles. And we're going to read chapters 1 and 2. First uh, Chronicles is about um, the story of David's reign. It uh, retells the story of David's reign and it sh- uh, shows God's purpose in the history of Israel. Um the book of first chronicles uh tradition says it was written by ezra um whoever compiled the information in first chronicles wrote it during the time of ezra so um we speculate uh it was ezra who wrote it uh this book happened uh between 1010 and 970 BC. Um, and let's jump right into it. Chapter 1, First Chronicles. From Adam to Noah's sons. So here in chapter 1, uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to read it all. Um, but it basically just lists out the descendants... Um, and lineage uh, starting from Adam all the way all the way down to um, the clan leaders of Adam Uh, in chapter uh, in here in chapter 1 verse 1 I will explain uh, the lineage Um, as the father of the human race Adam is the head of our family so to so to speak the account of his life in the perfect environment of eden is given in genesis 2 we often are prone to blame our environment or family background for the mistakes we make living in eden adam couldn't use this as an excuse like we can He had no choice but to take responsibility for his actions. Blaming our environment or circumstances for the sins we commit will never lead us to spiritual renewal. Each of us must accept responsibility for our past mistakes and redirect our course to correct them. In verse 1, the descendants of Adam were Seth, Enosh, Notice that neither Cain nor Abel followed Adam in the genealogy of Israel. The account in Genesis 4 records how Cain committed the first murder by killing his brother Abel. One of the consequences of Adam and Eve's first sin was their deeply troubled family. It is encouraging to notice, however, that Although Cain and Abel left no descendants in Israel's ancestry, God provided Adam's broken family with a new start. He gave them another son, Seth. In chapter 2, we see more of the lineage, but we see, this time we see it, the Descendants of Israel, Judah, Hezron, Jeremiel, Caleb's son, 
Kippur. And here in chapter 2, many, many regard these verses as a boring list of people in David's ancestry. The family line of the promised Messiah. Among these names, however, are hidden stories of God's grace. Notice that the Messiah's line comes through an illegitimate union between Judah and Tamar. Notice also that the line passes through Salmon, who fathered Boaz through Rahab, a former Canaanite prostitute from Jericho. And Boaz fathered Obed through Ruth, a Moabite woman. God used numerous people, some less than ideal, to bring his Messiah into the world. God can also use us significantly in his plan, no matter what our past. In verses 42 through 55, we see that God rewards faith. This entire section is devoted to the family of Caleb, one of the 12 spies sent by Moses into Canaan. You will remember that Caleb, along with Joshua, brought a positive report based entirely upon his faith in God's provision. Caleb refused to be discouraged by difficult obstacles, believing that God could overcome all of them. We need not be stopped by difficult circumstances. Like Caleb, we should remember that God is able to overcome anything we might face. God is the source of true victory. We'll drop in on this book and Second Chronicles over the next few months. These two books used to be one book, but were divided because of scroll length. They were written, they were written to chronicle centuries of Israel's history, hence the name. Book one starts us back at the beginning. In fact, the first word in chapter one, verse one is Adam. This refresher will help us to commit more of the story to memory as well as stir up new things in our hearts. Don't give up if this feels repetitive. Reps are how you develop strength. It's also encouraging to realize you've heard something before because that means it's sticking with you. Keep looking for God every day, even in spots that feel familiar or slow. He's in there. Chronicles does spice things up a bit, though. It includes stories that aren't recorded elsewhere. Typically, it adds positive stories and subtracts negative ones that may sound deceptive, but scripture doesn't let chronicles off the hook. God has given us other books to help flesh out the story more fully. For instance, when we read a story in 2 Samuel one day and in 1 Chronicles the next, there will often be details that jump off the page in one account that weren't in the other account. Today, we trace the story of the family we've been following since day one. For most people, genealogies aren't fun to read. It seems like half the names sound like diseases and the other half sound like medications. If that's hard for you, try having the Bible app or Bible.com read the passages to you aloud. The early genealogies are really compressed. Some aren't even complete sentences. 
Nimrod may have caught your eye in chapter 1 verse 10 because the verse says he was the first person on earth to be a mighty man. We first read about Nimrod in Genesis chapter 10 verses 8 through 12 which mentions that he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. There are two things worth noting here. One, some commentators think this was an entire people group of hunter warriors, not just one person. And two, the name Nimrod becomes a slang term for someone who was foolish. It was popularized by Bugs Bunny, who used the name to refer to Elmer Fudd, who was a hunter. Could the cartoonists of Looney Tunes be better theologians than the Renaissance painters? In chapter 1, verse 19, we see a note from Peleg. In, this, in his days, the earth was divided. Was this referring to... We first met Peleg briefly back in Genesis chapter 10, verse 25, which was right before the Tower of Babel incident. When God created multiple languages separating the people, it's likely, but not certain, that this is the division the text is referring us back to. However, some scholars think this points to the continental drift theory and the way plate tectonics have impacted the globe. The second chapter mostly hovers over the lineage of the tribe of Judah because David comes from his tribe. The author wants to highlight his family line because they're Israelite royalty. As these genealogies continue to the following chapters, some of the other tribes barely even get mentioned. Naphtali only gets a sentence fragment. According to chapter 2 verse 7, Akan is the troubler of Israel. We met him in Joshua 7. After the Israelites made their first raid in the promised land and took the city of Jericho, he stole things devoted to God and hid them in his tent. How did that trouble the whole nation? In their next battle against Ai, they lost 36 men, and God said it was because there was sin in the camp. Akan confessed, and they stoned him, but dozens of men died because of his greed. The tiny details of these three men's lives reveal more about God to us today. In this trio, we have someone who it seems is being praised, Nimrod the mighty hunter, someone identified more by the things around him than by anything he's done personally, Peleg the wallflower, and someone known for bringing trouble and death to God's people with his idolatry, Akan. God uses every story, from the great to the terrible to the person who never does anything historically significant. We're all written into his story of redemption. He sees us all. And genealogies remind us of that. They may be boring, but he's not. He's where the joy is. that concludes our uh, reading for today i just wanted to leave you all off with a daily devotional to take with you today meet me in the morning stillness while the earth is fresh with the dew of my presence worship me in the beauty of holiness sing love songs to my holy name as you give yourself to me my spirit 
swells within you till you are flooded with divine presence. The world's way of pursuing riches is grasping and hoarding. You attain my riches by letting go and giving. The more you give yourself to me and my ways, the more I fill you with inexpressible heavenly joy. Amen.